0: Vancouver to clean it all up.
1: And hard to swallow. Like, I can't believe something that small caused that much pain. The barbecue dinner that sent him to
2: emergency, and why it's a warning to us all.
3: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
0: Good evening and thanks for joining us. A string of shootings on the Lower Mainland raising serious concerns in a number of communities tonight.
2: In Surrey, RCMP are investigating three shootings in just 24 hours. Grace Key joins us with more on this. And Grace, there have also been shootings in Abbotsford and Richmond. And RCMP say if, are are RCMP saying if any of these are connected?
4: Yeah, that is something that they are certainly looking into. Now, we are just in the Fleetwood neighborhood, home of the latest shooting in Surrey. And certainly RCMP are going to be looking at any possible connections, they say most likely connected with gang violence and drugs, and that certainly has neighbors concerned. Once again, gunfire erupts in Surrey. This time, a man is rushed to hospital after reports of shots fired in the 15,900 block of 89A Avenue.
5: I thought... Somebody
3: knocked my door, bang, bang, bang. Five or seven shots. I heard five, maybe six shots.
4: It's the latest in a string of recent shootings, at least seven in less than a week. On Friday, gunfire in the Clayton area uncovers weapons, explosives, and drug-making material. In Abbotsford, an 18-year-old with known gang ties is killed. Two days later, an 18-year-old with apparent gunshot wounds is rushed to hospital. And on Tuesday, shockingly, four shootings in just one day, sending two people to hospital. The new Minister of Public Safety is promising to follow through on more youth outreach programs. He's also called for a meeting with RCMP.
6: police need information. They need information whether it comes from family members or friends or, or neighbours or people who know that these individuals are involved in illegal activity.
4: The shootings come on the heels of an unusual move a week ago. Surrey RCMP releasing pictures of five men who have been targets this summer, all refusing to cooperate. In the new community of Clayton Heights, police canvassed the area after a recent shooting, and neighbours would like to see more police presence. If you
7: beef up police presence in one area, it's bound to uh, show up in other areas. It's scary because there's
8: always kids playing what, everywhere. Uh, you know, somebody's going to get caught in the crossfire.
4: Cashheed, former chief constable for West Vancouver, believes there needs to be more prevention programs for young people, and an increased police presence can sometimes only offer a quick temporary fix. But that's a false
9: sense of comfort, because again, we're only thinking reaction, we're only thinking short term, we're not thinking long term and prevention.
4: Surrey's acting mayor points out there is a 40 percent decrease in the number of shots fired cases from the same time last year, adding some of these shootings started with the recent release of a couple of inmates.
6: It's kind of ironic how some of these uh, these uh, incidents have seemed to be on the increase.
2: Well, Grace, any idea how close Surrey RCMP may be to making arrests in the most recent shootings?
4: Yeah, certainly they are saying that in some of these shootings, they do have some significant evidence that does point to some persons of interest. Chris?
2: All right, we'll see if there's an update later. Thanks, Grace.
0: RCMP suspect an overdose behind the wheel resulted in a collision between a driver and a cyclist. It happened in Kelowna at around 10 last night. RCMP say a black sedan struck a cyclist from behind, then continued on to strike another vehicle before coming to a stop. Two people in the car, which caused the collisions, were found unconscious. RCMP confirmed that emergency services administered naloxone to the 40-year-old male driver and his 38-year-old female passenger.
8: In the past few years now with our incidences of overdoses, we've seen uh, other incidents of overdoses at the wheel. Uh, They're a fairly rare occurrence thus far, but it is quite concerning to see that people have a disregard for other motorists uh, and and would look at uh, taking in illicit drugs while at the wheel.
0: Charges of impaired operation of a motor vehicle causing bodily harm and refusal to comply with a demand are pending against the driver. Over in Delta, police are on the scene of a fatal crash. Investigators say it appears a Mercedes SUV crossed the center line this afternoon hitting an oncoming motorcyclist. The rider, a man in his 50s, was pronounced dead at the scene. Police say they'll be there for several hours. Traffic in the area is being impacted.
2: It is an eyesore that only seems to be growing. Discarded couches, mattresses, and other junk littering streets and back alleys. Illegal dumping is costing local municipalities millions of dollars. And Ted Chernecki explains how Metro Vancouver
3: is trying to crack down ah the great outdoors and throughout bc it comes with all the amenities this langley bus loop has a couple of sofas to relax on thousands of mattresses everywhere for a quick nap and teenager like someone isn't picking up their clothes leaving them strewn all over the floor you name it it's there abandoned for someone else to deal with and that someone is you the taxpayer i have no idea why it's always mattresses it's kind of gross
8: So it's so much simpler just to throw it in somebody else's yard, I guess.
3: And throw them they do, right under the noses of those at Metro Vancouver's headquarters, almost statement-like. Since 2011, the GVRD has banned mattresses and box springs from landfills, even adding a $15 dumping fee for each item dropped off at the transfer station. So a mattress and box spring costs $30.
10: A lot of people don't see it as dumping. Uh, A lot of people say, I put an appliance out on the street or in an alley and I put a free sign on it. I'm sure somebody came and picked it up and put it to use. reality is that possibly somebody uh, took it and and vandalized it or in other cases the city probably came along with a crew and at considerable expense cleaned
3: it up. So yet another publicity campaign has been launched but administrators know what really needs to happen is to rethink this whole business of a mattress drop-off fee.
10: One of the things we've been lobbying very hard for is for provincial regulation to have mattresses uh, regulated the same way that beverage containers and electronics and paint and, and motor oil are regulated so that the manufacturers or the brand owners have to
3: take them back. Last year, about $2.5 million was collected from mattress drop-off fees, but $5 million was spent collecting abandoned furniture, mostly mattresses, but also just about everything else, including the bathroom sink. Ted Nike, Global News.
0: TransLink is investigating after social media outed two people riding between SkyTrain cars. Take a look at this picture. It surfaced yesterday. As you can see, there are at least two young people outside the SkyTrain car as it was traveling between stations. Obviously a very dangerous and illegal move. TransLink says the pair could face mischief charges.
1: I don't know how they got on. I'm pretty sure they just snuck on when everybody was boarding on to the Train, but they were standing on this side, and I guess there's handles on the side, so it looked like they were standing on the side and holding on really tight. Because as the bus was, um, the train was moving, the tracks are really windy.
0: BC Civil Liberties raising concerns tonight after learning TransLink is sharing the information of some of its passengers when police ask for it. Transit users who are registered with the Compass Card program should know the system can store and collect passenger data, including your personal details, your credit card, and your travel information. And it's those details that police have requested 147 times this year. And more often than not, it's been handed over.
11: The issue of the accountability is absolutely central. We want the police to have information for their investigations, but the normal course of what we do as citizens, the deal is you go to a court, you get authorization, we know it's on the up and up. Where we have TransLink being the mediator for that, we have these problems. Information
7: is generally requested in cases of missing persons Uh, We have cases of people that are vulnerable or their safety and security is in jeopardy and that we cooperate with police agencies in locating those people.
2: A worker shortage in Whistler could soon get even worse. Australians make up a large percentage of employees in the resort community. But changes to visa rules in 2015 means Aussies can no longer reapply after their two-year stint is up. Kristen Robinson explains who could see the biggest impact and how some employers are already bracing for the change.
12: Staff at this Whistler bar, 90 percent Aussie, but many of them down to pouring their last drinks as their working holidays will soon be over.
1: Yeah, I'll have to head home within the next few months.
12: That's it. Like, we can't
11: extend it anymore now as opposed to people that we've met here, they've extended it like twice.
12: Changes made in 2015 to Canada's working holiday agreement with Australia mean young Aussies can now only apply for a two-year visa once instead of multiple times. The new rules implemented by the former Conservative government in an attempt to protect Canadian jobs by limiting the amount of time temporary foreign workers can stay in the country.
7: We're not seeing Whistler-Blackcomb's Aussie workforce leave en masse.
12: Whistler-Blackcomb, the resort's main employer, absorbed the impact by investing in training in order to replace Aussie hires with an increased domestic workforce.
7: Any impact from a labour perspective uh, is difficult for businesses to plan for. So in an already tight market, um, uh, the reduction of the Australians' ability to be here makes it difficult for particularly smaller businesses, smaller businesses, sorry, to survive. It's going to be pretty bad. You've got
12: a handful of Kiwis, a couple of English, and then a couple of Canadians, but, yeah, Australians are the most too. Hardest hit, the hospitality industry, fueled by 18 to 30-year-olds, a large chunk of them from down under. It will
5: have an impact, um, but the reality is the same number of Australians are able to participate in the program because there's no limit on the number of visas that can be issued to Australians in the working holiday program.
12: Aussies can try and work around the rules by applying for permanent residency or another work permit, like bartender Alexander Edmonds plans to do through his dual citizenship, but he admits it's a long shot.
1: It's it's still a maybe. If I don't get it, then yeah, I'll definitely have to go home. It's really the only option.
0: Kristen Robinson, Global News, Whistler. A collision between a humpback and a Zodiac full of whale watchers off of Victoria on Monday injured two passengers. Nitu Garcha explains how it all unfolded and why efforts to protect the species may have inadvertently led to more strikes.
12: Oh, my God.
0: It's what they
11: set out to see. But for a dozen people on a vessel operated by Prince of Wales, the tour got much closer than expected. The boat striking a surfacing humpback whale. The vessel was travelling at speed. The animal wasn't spotted, uh, came out of nowhere. The captain didn't see it, the passengers didn't see it. The bow of the boat, airborne, landing on its side. Two passengers were injured and sent to hospital everyone left shaken. The captain suffered minor injuries uh, in regards to an ankle sprain. Uh, He's since recovered. Um, and then the two other people that were injured, one was released immediately from the hospital. The other gentleman uh, is still resting in stable condition. The collision happened southwest of Victoria near Race Rocks Ecological Reserve on Monday afternoon. The incident, a one-off, says a spokesperson with the Pacific Whale Watch Association.
9: Whale watchers have the lowest incident of whale strikes anywhere in the world. It's shipping traffic, it's cruise ship, it's pleasure boats, it's tugs, it's barges, it's everything else. Oh
11: my God. This video, one example. A speeding boater strikes and runs over a whale in Washington's Puget Sound.
9: The reason that it's becoming more and more prevalent up here is that of uh, this humpback comeback.
11: More whales could mean more collisions. As Victoria Whale Watching Companies take steps to prevent more strikes, the Department of Fisheries and Oceans is looking into Monday's incident in a statement saying the humpback whale breached the surface after the hit and is believed to be uninjured, adding it's too soon to comment on the cause.
0: There are instances where an animal can be hit by a boat, look... Fairly okay, fairly normal in the moments after the collision and then have some serious injuries later on.
11: Transport Canada also following up with the company and says it won't hesitate to take immediate enforcement action if any safety issues are identified. I do believe that this is an isolated uh, incident that could have happened to anybody transiting through an area where there's a humpback whale population.
0: Nitu to Garcha, Global News, Victoria. We have some breaking news to tell you about now in Abbotsford. A major fire burning at a mill on Old Yale and Fraser Highway. Let's take a look at this live shot from our Global One helicopter, uh, obviously causing some traffic problems in the area. Lots of smoke, and you can definitely see flames visible from that mill. Uh, You've got some traffic information.
2: Yeah, obviously traffic on Highway 1 there closed down. There are a number of closures in the area. Let's get to uh, our traffic Uh, Reporter in the air right now, Trish Jewison, is up, uh, and clearly this is a major fire, Trish.
13: It is absolutely, Chris, and uh, it can be seen from the road. So what they've done for safety purposes here is close down Highway 1 in both directions uh, towards Mount Lehman. So uh, traffic uh, coming eastbound is back, it's, uh, being blocked at 264, so you're being forced off of Highway 1 at 264, And what you can do there is head down to Fraser Highway as an alternate route. And westbound traffic, I haven't been for, far enough west yet to see where it is blocked, but it is definitely blocked. So in both directions here on Highway 1, and this fire is... Is pretty much out of control still, so it's going to be a while before they reopen it. Back to you, Chris.
2: No doubt, Abbotsford police saying it should be it very likely will be closed around there for several hours. Uh, hopefully, Highway One can get open in the next little while. But we'll keep an eye on this for you and bring you updates throughout the news hour here as they battle that fire at a mill, and it doesn't look like uh, they're going to get that one under control anytime mm-hmm.
14: soon.
0: Alright, let's turn our attention to a summer ritual, barbecuing Mm -hmm. and, of course, cleaning the grill. But if you use one of those wire brushes, you might want to consider switching to something else.
2: Lynn Collier spoke to a man who got one of those wire bristles lodged in his throat, and it happens more often than you might think.
1: I was at a friend's barbecue. I took a bite of a burger. It was the very first bite, and when I was swallowing it, something jabbed my throat and punctured it. And this is what it was.
5: This is a bristle from a barbecue brush, not even an old brush, a brand new one.
1: It was so painful. And I instantly was like, what the heck is going on? I sprinted to the bathroom, put my finger in my throat to try and see what was in there to get it out. And blood was coming up. I was spitting out blood.
5: The first emergency doctor told Jordan nothing showed up on x-ray, so it must be heartburn. A second emergency visit, then two trips to walk-in clinics, and still no one could find the bristle.
1: It was so frustrating not being able to be like, no, there's metal in my mouth. Someone needs to take it out, and no one's believing me.
5: Finally, 24 hours later, on his third visit to a different emergency room, relief.
1: When the doctor came in, he looked, saw it, he gave me a numbing agent he put in my throat, and he took long tweezers, and went in there, pulled down it, took it out. It took two minutes.
5: There are many options out there for cleaning the barbecue instead of the wire bristles. Most reputable places won't even stock them anymore. This is actually critical that you know this, that the bristles
12: will come off on the grill piece, and the next time you go to cook or eat or whatever, there is a chance it could get lodged into the food and consequently into your throat. These are bound steel, so there's nothing open. So when you go to really grind on that, nothing can come
14: off.
1: I could have swallowed this, it could have got stuck in my stomach or intestines, and it could have been like, critical. like I can't believe something that small caused that much pain. Everyone needs to throw those away. I can't stress that enough.
14: Lynn Collier, Global News.
2: Now, last month, Health Canada started an investigation into the safety of those wire bristle barbecue brushes. That's scheduled to be done by the end of the summer. And then a decision on recalling the products won't be made until after that's complete.
0: Vancouver's beaches are becoming more user-friendly to a portion of the population that, until now, couldn't fully enjoy them. The park board has unveiled the city's first accessibility mat on English Bay. That allows the 15% of the population with mobility restrictions to spend a day at the beach. The board has also purchased two wheelchairs with jumbo tires that can roll on sand. The plan is to expand the program to other beaches.
2: I've tried it out. It works great. It's in an area where there's a restaurant, where there's an
1: accessible washroom. I can plan my day now and be here with my friends and enjoy the sun just like everybody else. That's great.
2: Absolutely. We just need to get rid of some of that smoke Mm -hmm. first. might be precision custom lumber based on the address in that location.
0: Definitely looks fully involved right now, Crews on the scene, and there are a number of traffic closures in the area. Let's get more on those from our Trish Jewison, who's up above in Global One for us. Trish.
13: Thanks very much. It's uh, still closed here on Highway One in both directions. You're going to find eastbound traffic blocked and being rerouted at 264th in Langley, and westbound traffic, I think it's being blocked, um, further out towards McClure at near uh, Fraser Highway. So uh, Fraser Highway is going to be your best alternate route at this point. It's really the only thing open through Abbotsford into Langley right now, as opposed to Highway 1. So uh, keep that in mind. If you're just leaving now, avoid Highway 1 through Langley and Abbotsford and stick to Fraser Highway instead. Back to you guys.
0: All right. Thank you, Trish.
2: And just to clarify, too, I guess Abbotsford police just tweeted out Fraser Highway is going to be closed westbound at Mount Lehman, and eastbound at McClure, as Trish said, and Blue Jay. So McClure and Blue Jay, major problem areas there, and it's going to be uh, an issue for the next uh, hour, if not more than that as well. So keep that in mind. Now, 40% of the wildfires burning in this province are human-caused, most accidentally. But many are set deliberately by people bent on destruction. One of them captured in a startling piece of surveillance video in Nanaimo and several others under investigation across the province. Romina Dea reports.
14: Take a good look at this disturbing home video. Unassuming, right? Just a guy walking through a field, but then he reaches down into the grass and flames erupt.
10: When I was checking my cameras, I have cameras around the house, we saw an actual person that is starting the fire.
14: The arson captured on surveillance camera August 2nd in Nanaimo. Five days later, another intentionally set fire in a grassy field near homes.
8: They are gleaning over any and all information from across the province and the region to look at if there's any linkages between the incidents.
14: Arson also suspected in the Elephant Hill wildfire near Ashcroft, the biggest and most challenging so far this summer. The Knox Hill blaze, deliberate investigators busy building a profile. Psychologists say arsonists tend to be impulsive, antisocial males, 18 to late 20s. And we know
13: that there can be this kind of rush, this thrill-seeking that comes along with it. And we're currently in a state where this is something that's getting so much media attention.
14: The Nanaimo arsonist still out there. Residents terrified he's going to do it
0: again. Fortunately, we have people paying attention. And if people hadn't been on the ball about it i mean that it could have been much worse
14: only one arrest so far this one in Kelowna, where a suspect reportedly lit this boulevard on fire with a blowtorch
4: what we know is the vast majority of arsonists are never caught and it's because of the nature of the crime and um, part of i think what kind of engages a subset of people
0: to engage in this behavior ramina Dea global news An Alberta man who killed three people, including a two-year-old girl, is going to jail for a very long time. Derek Saretsky has been sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 75 years. In June, the 24-year-old was found guilty in the deaths of Terry Blanchett, his daughter Haley Dunbar Blanchett, and a 69-year-old family friend. The case, a disturbing one. While being interrogated, Saretsky described the attack, admitting to dismemberment and cannibalism. Now, the war of words escalating again tonight between the United States and North Korea with growing fears of a nuclear weapon strike. President Trump's fire
2: and fury remarks have been met with another threat from North Korea, this time mentioning a specific target and saying plans will be in place by mid-August. On the
6: streets of North Korea today, a show of defiance. The U.S. the enemy. Kim Jong-un and nuclear weapons, their defense, they said, against the threat from President Trump. Fire
10: and fury like the world has never seen.
6: And from the island of Guam, now directly threatened by North Korea, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson turning down the temperature. So
8: the American people should sleep well at night. And defending the president. What the president is doing is sending a strong message to North Korea, in language that Kim Jong-un would understand, because he doesn't seem to understand diplomatic language.
6: That message reinforced today in another stark warning from Defense Secretary Jim Mattis, that North Korea should stop considering actions that would lead to the end of its regime and the destruction of its people. It would, he said, lose any conflict it initiates. Mattis' comments followed a new, very specific threat from North Korea, that it's preparing military plans to strike the American Pacific island of Guam. It's a sovereign U.S. territory, the size of Chicago, home to 160,000 U.S. citizens, and much closer to North Korea than to the U.S. mainland. The threat was unusually specific, mentioning the B-1 bombers stationed there at Anderson Air Force Base, the island's governor dismissed North Korea's threat.
10: There is no threat to our island.
6: Not everyone's convinced. It is scary. It's a crisis growing fast. In just five weeks, North Korea has tested two long-range missiles that U.S. officials now believe could reach as far as Chicago.
2: This is the highest uh, tension I've ever seen on the Korean Peninsula. It's a very grave situation. Uh, to being a crisis
0: a Florida couple was shocked to find out that the noise they had heard coming from their attic over the past couple of years wasn't mice after all
4: it's moving Are you coming to us well
0: when yeah, they finally went gone. to investigate this is what they found a six foot long boa constrictor A snake handler was called in to remove it. The homeowners believe the boa entered the house by slithering off a tree branch that had been hanging next to the home.
2: Another shocking case of a child dying after being left in a hot vehicle, this one in Orlando, Florida, where the driver of a daycare van allegedly forgot a three-year-old boy for hours. It's just the latest tragedy in a year that has seen dozens of children die in hot cars across the United States. But now... A potentially life-saving technology is on the way. This summer,
7: police officers breaking car windows, desperately trying to rescue young kids trapped inside hot cars. And it's been a tragic year. 32 children already killed in hot cars, where temperatures can spike fast. Even when it's just 70 degrees outside, it can reach nearly 90 inside the car in just 10 minutes. But now, new technology to prevent these tragedies. I'm in Michigan, where researchers have developed a new product that would actually alert you if you walk away from your car and there's a baby still in the back seat. This is David Brink, who's leading the team. How does it work? What is
2: it? Well, we've installed a very sophisticated electronic sensor in the ceiling of this vehicle Mm -hmm. that detects a child sleeping anywhere in the back seat of this vehicle.
7: That sensor uses special radio frequency waves to detect even the smallest breaths and chest movements. So what if I walk away from the car? What happens? You get a flashing of lights, an audible sound, and a text message to your phone. You get a text message? How fast? In less than a minute. Time to try it out. We put a baby mannequin that actually mimics breathing in the car, and I drive around the block to park. All right, out of the car. Let's see how long it takes for the alert to actually go off and how far you'd get away from the car. It's only been a few seconds here. Attention. Uh, there it goes. An unattended child has been detected. That fast, and the lights are blinking, and I'm gonna keep an eye on my screen here. Yep, there it is. There's the text message right there. Child forgotten. I'd know that fast. The company says the sensor could be ruled out by some car manufacturers as soon as next year, hopefully making this a thing of the past. Jeff Rawson, NBC News, Auburn Hills,
2: Michigan. Unbelievable. Just
5: don't do that,
0: though.
2: Do okay. not do that. It's never a good thing to never crash through idea. the railway. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: When the gates are down, it usually means Stop. something. Oh, yep. Exactly. <laughs> for your own safety. Yeah. All right, Christy, mm-hmm. uh, let's
0: check our weather forecast. I, we had a, a fire alarm in here today, so we managed to get outside for about five minutes, and we saw some sunshine.
5: A little bit, a bit along yeah. with a bit of smoke, exactly. You know, I wanted to show you this photo from Barbara Merkley. Uh, she was flying over at BC, took a photo of a Thunderhead uh, cell and sent it to me, which is really cool. Thanks, uh, Barbara, for that. But the key thing I want to point out is how smoky it is all in and around. You can't even see the ground. And uh, that's what it would be looking like for us if we didn't have that smoke. It would be beautiful, but we're contending with this. That's the scene out there right now. The uh, visibility right now is only at 13 kilometers. Uh, we saw a dip down to about 10 at one point today. Um, the other key thing I wanted to point out here is the humidity. It's really high, 69%, and at some points even higher today, and that has created a humid X out there quite high along the coast 30 at the airport 34 in delta and out towards areas like chilliwack the feels like is at 36 35 degrees so it is hot out there and it is smoky and we have two more days of this before it breaks down areas in williams lake and meanwhile the humidity is really low so that humidity is high just along the coast it is still really dry all the way through the interior but that is about to change come the weekend what we've had is a stagnant pattern with the jet's Driving way up and over us, keeping things dry, keeping that moisture off. But come Saturday, that's going to start to break down. By Saturday night, the south coast will start to see rain. We'll see that on uh, Sunday as well. The interior regions most likely in the form of showers, but at least that some moisture. We'll see more cloud, cooler temperatures, and that humidity will come up. So we do have a bit of improvement, but it looks like at this point it's just two days worth. We'll keep you up to date. It's still a couple of days away. In the meantime. Both tomorrow and Friday will look like this. Hot, dry, and smoky. Temperatures in the low 30s, 33, and through uh, quinell A little bit warmer in through areas like Kelowna and Soyuz at 31. Again, depending on how much smoke you're seeing, that depends on how much things are able to warm up. There are a few areas that didn't quite hit those highs. Uh, across the south coast, 25 to 30 degrees away from the water, 32 east coast of Vancouver Island. And as I mentioned, increasing clouds Saturday, rain developing Saturday night, and we'll see that. Uh, on Sunday and a chance of showers still on Monday. Uh, two women celebrating their 100th, 101st and Winnie, Winnie Marklin and Marianne Welch celebrating 100 years. And we have four couples celebrating 70 years together. So congratulations to Patricia and Wilfred Pelly, uh, Edith and Gordon Chamberlain as well. Uh, Phyllis and David Greenfield and Grace and Ernie, congratulations to you all. And it is Weather Window time. Today is We Love Water Wednesday. John Leahy sent us this one from Cloverdale. He says he waters his garden in the evening so there's less water loss from evaporation. Good idea, John. And an even better time to water would be in the early morning when it's really cool and calm between about 4 and 9 a.m. If you would like to send us your photo, we would love to see it. Weather Window at GlobalTV.com is where you can send it. Check out WeLoveWater.ca for more water-saving tips. All right, you guys, back
2: Beautiful to you. shot, tons of color. All right, thanks very much, Christy. An incredibly close call for a group of people in a car in northern Poland recently.
0: The gates came down at a railway crossing, but just moments later, a car with four people inside crashes through them then comes to a stop just past the tracks. There they go. A fraction of a second later, that happens. A high-speed train roars past, clipping the back end of the car. The people inside that car, though, incredibly uninjured. The woman driving has been fined the equivalent of about $150.
2: Wow. Well, sometimes it's hard to avoid picking up the bad habits of our parents. Take, for example, this recent security cam footage from Sumas Mountain in Abbotsford. It shows a mama bear strolling down the street with her three cubs trailing behind. She grabs an entire garbage can and saunters away with all the cubs in tow. Now, This type of habituated behavior is definitely not something that conservation officers want to see.
0: When you are a child and not well enough to go to places like Science World, the Aquarium, or the H.R. McMillan Space Center, why not bring all of those things to you?
8: and now you're an astronaut good job (laughs) well
0: this was the scene at bc children's hospital where they were holding a summer staycation for the kids it's the first year they've held the event in hopes of offering those getting treatment a welcome break from hospital life
1: hospitals are not traditionally fun places we wanted to change that today so to have these little things come in and kind of give us something different is really nice and it's it's yeah it really is a vacation
0: Aiden's a good guy. More, <laughs> yeah. more than 100 children, their friends and family, took part in yesterday's Children's Hospital staycation. Of course, he knows about staying at that hospital. So, yeah, yeah he's back there and mentoring the others.
2: Aiden, one of our co hosts on uh, Miracle Weekend, too, which is fantastic. If you're going to get sick, it's a good hospital to be at for sure.
0: All right, an update on our breaking news in Abbotsford right now. That major fire raging at a mill just off the Mount Lehman exit off Highway 1. It's believed it might be precision custom lumber that's burning. No word on what caused the fire at this point.
2: Highway 1 was closed in both directions for a time. It's now, we're told, reopened, but it's very slow moving. Obviously, this is going to be going on for quite a while, so best to avoid that area. There's also some closures on Fraser Highway as well. So that whole area is going to be slow going. Keep it in mind if you're heading in that direction.
0: Definitely adding to the smoke that Mm. I'm sure was already lingering in Abbotsford Right. right now. All right, Barry's in for
10: Squire tonight. Mm-hmm. You talk a little football to get going here. Right. Thanks, guys. Uh, well, maybe Wally Buono won't have to make a tough decision on his starting quarterback once Jonathan Jennings gets healthy enough to return. Travis Lule took a big shot to the ribs last Saturday, and there's a good chance he won't play this weekend in Regina, meaning Jennings could very well be back as the Lions starter on Sunday.
8: And this time, they get to the quarterback... Travis Lulay remains down. His
2: helmet just caught me square. It was this—I've been hit harder, but maybe not as direct. uh, Where it just—you know—I absorbed 100% of his energy right into my side and ribs and stuff so yeah
8: the hard knocks continue for vc lions quarterbacks four games into replacing injured starter john jennings it's travis Lule who's still feeling the sting of damaged ribs that he suffered against the riders Lule finished saturday's game but his status for this weekend's rematch in regina is up in the air and the same thing can be said of john jennings as his shoulder isn't completely mended is it a case of the like the least injured quarterback
10: well, I, I guess you could say that, that. That would be a good way to do it. The, the one that's, uh, uh, yeah, you know, you know, it's unfortunate, but these are not major injuries. But, uh, you know, these are all uh, big, big games. And, uh, you know, that's the thing that we uh, don't want to uh, let slip away. And
8: <laughs> What hasn't slipped away with these recurring pocket passer injuries is the line's ability to put up points or victories, be it John Jennings or Travis Lule. BC's offense really hasn't missed a beat. The Lions have put up the second most points in the CFL this season, and find themselves a win back of Western-leading Edmonton. Most important thing right now, though, is giving the utmost protection to whoever's starting come Sunday.
1: I feel good. Um, I don't know if I can put a percentage on it, but um, you know it's not hurting too bad out here when I'm throwing. And uh, you know, obviously taking a hit might not feel the best, but uh, that's that's going to happen regardless if I'm hurt or not. So uh, you know, just going to try to stay upright and, and you know get the ball in my hands. If practice
8: is any indication where he took all of the first-team snaps, expect John Jennings to start come Sunday in Regina. Jay Janor, Global Sports.
10: Women's World Cup of Rugby started today in Ireland, Canada, singing loud and proud before their game against newcomers Hong Kong, and this was a little one-sided. Magalie Harvey, one of the best in the world in women's rugby, takes in the first of her five tries on the day just before half. She will get her hat trick try. Canada led 46 to nothing at the half. So points for and against important. So Canada kept the pedal down and they did not let up. Tyson Bukaboom, very well named there. She lowers the boom on the Hong Kong player. Both players were all right, but it was a hard-hitting match. Alex Tessier with the intercept there takes it all the way back. 98 to nothing. That is not... A misprint. Canada's next match will be much more of a challenge Sunday, 9 a.m. versus Wales. Rogers Cup tennis for Montreal. Milos Raonic, the number six seed, playing his first match of the tournament against Adrian Manorino of France. First set, Milos at the net, but Manorino, great lob to win the point. Frenchman took the opening set 6-4. Raonic did not have an ace. In the set, which never happens. If he has to have an ace in a game, that's a big deal. And Manorino just closed him out there on match point. So Milos, quick visit to Montreal. He's out 6 6-4, 6-4. But better news for the other Canadian so playing today. Denis uh, Shapovalov, the uh, former World Junior Wimbledon champ out of Toronto, taking on Juan Martin Del Potro. He's a very good player. Won the U.S. Open a few years back. Shapovalov had it going today. Took the first set 6-3. And in the second set, in the tie break, inside-out forehand winner. He's a lefty. He's got some uh, big game and really his first year on the big tour. And uh, he's making some noise. Match point, he will put this one away. And the teenager from Ontario, Dennis Shapovalov, on his way to the third round where he'll meet top seed Rafael Nadal. Raptors star DeMar DeRozan is in DC this week, running a youth basketball camp at the Langley Event Center. It's hard to believe DeRozan's already played eight years for the Raptors. He and the team have a lot of young fans across the country, and it's his way of giving back some of the love.
6: Keeps me young, you know. Uh, keeps me feeling young, vibrant, vibrant. Getting out there, just having fun with them, watching them kids have a smile on their face, brightening up my day. So, you know. Um, Make me feel like I'm in Hawaii somewhere on the beach. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a win-win for me.
0: The
10: kids are always looking way up because DeMar is like 6'8". Yeah, that's up. right. So
0: All right. Thanks very much, Barry. Let's check in with Andrew now for a look ahead to Global News at 11. Of course, you'll have more on that mill fire in Abbotsford, Ann.
12: That's right, Sophie. The fire is still raging and causing traffic chaos. These pictures just into our newsroom just show how big the fire has grown. Highway 1 remains closed as crews try to gain the upper hand on this stubborn blaze. We'll have more details later tonight. And Mission Fire Rescue Service will be presenting little Elijah Roy with a bike made just for him. The 10-year-old has muscular dystrophy, and some global viewers are helping make this all a reality. More on the
0: special delivery when you join us tonight at 11 o'clock. The way people find dates these days.
2: Now the technology is also changing the way people find new best friends of the
9: four-legged variety. In SoCal Silicon Beach, technology has gone to the dogs.
13: She's so soft.
9: And cats. And even rabbits.
13: I will her. So many.
9: This is the Wallace Annenberg pet space where they've decided if humans can have <laughs> dating profiles, then these guys should have adoption profiles advertised on really big touch screens.
0: So we touch on here and we learn about Clyde and his bio pops up. He's four years old. He's 68 pounds. That info can be quickly shared. I like the... The sharing ability that you can text a friend or a boyfriend when you find (laughs) the pet that you like.
9: (laughs) PetSpace also has an app with all those profiles, an interactive approach to adoption. You know, we just want to have that connection. We want people
5: to to meet the dog and and fall in love.
9: The pets come from L.A. County shelters, but instead of cages or kennels, they live in suites with TVs that broadcast pet-friendly shows. Any tips on cutting their nails? Grooming sessions are open for all to see. Curious spectators can simply touch the glass to ask a question. Do
13: the dogs ever try to bite you? No. Nah. It's
9: not just, just clicks and you. cuddles. Researchers here are working to better understand the connection between pets and people.
0: The goal here is really to celebrate and strengthen the human-animal bonds.
9: <laughs> Estelle Atney is adopting Pixie. That process is completed online. The connection is quite real.
4: Oh, my goodness. She's amazing. She's so
14: cute.
9: <laughs> I love her. As great as this place is, they know the best pet space is a home. Joe Fryer, NBC News, Playa Vista, California. We There's no.